Thank you for listening to the Cathedral Church Podcast. We hope this resource inspires you and equips you to walk in everything that God has for you. Good morning, church. How's everybody doing this morning? Good. Did y'all have a good Thanksgiving? Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord? Not on a tryptophan, you know, um, nap at the house, right? You're the super saints. You're the real deal McCoy when you're in church on the Sunday after Thanksgiving. That's all I got to say. So high five your neighbors. Say thanks for being here. Thanks for being here. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You're the real, the real MVPs up in here this morning, being in the house of the Lord. Well, my name is Christy Miranda. I'm one of the associate pastors here at Cathedral Church, and I'm so honored to be here. It is so exciting to get to stand up in front of God's people in God's house, open God's word, crack open a text, and talk about it, right? I mean, if you hear a preacher that's boring, they got the wrong book is just what I'm trying to think. I, I think that the Word of God is so alive and so exciting and so life-changing. You got to work real hard to make it boring. So um, I'm just so glad to be here today. And if you wouldn't mind, um, it's kind of my custom. I'm a, I'm a little bit old school sometimes. If you wouldn't mind turning in your Bibles with me to Psalm chapter 30, verse four and verse five. And we're gonna just stand up and read the word together. It's just, it's just my thing. I promise I'll be standing in these shoes longer than you'll be standing when we read these scriptures, okay? So we can go ahead and go to the word. Psalm chapter 30, verse four and five. Sing praises to the Lord, you his saints and give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment. His favor is for a lifetime. Yes. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Yes, y'all are already with me today, hallelujah. This morning I want to speak to you from the thought, make some noise. Yeah, make some noise. Make some noise. You may as well get ahead and get on with me right now. Somebody ought to make some noise. If he's been better than good to you, you may as well go ahead and get on with the sermon. Make some noise. If you know you shouldn't have got up on your feet this morning, got in your car, drove down the road, pulled yourself into Cathedral Church, walked your happy self down here, sat down with the hands lifted high, you better make some noise. He's a good God. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Awesome God, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you that your presence is already here, that your power is already here, that the anointing is already here and on the word. We love you. We thank you for all you're going to do in the matchless name of Jesus the Christ, the Christos, the son of the living God. We all said amen. Amen. Y'all may be seated. Y'all may be seated. Now listen, y'all. I love this scripture, this scripture because David, we believe that David, the psalmist, we believe that he wrote this this passage in Psalms. And David is a guy, but he's pretty extreme. There's a lot of extremes going on in this particular scripture. It says anger and favor. It, it, It says moment and lifetime. That's an extreme. It says weeping and it says joy. That's an extreme. It says night and it says morning extremes. David is talking about extremes and he ain't even a woman. Y'all thought it was just us. It's not. David, David's a man. I love David. He's a man of extremes and I can get down with that. I understand that. Maybe I'm the only one. Perhaps it's just me, but I don't know. Maybe when you got married to your spouse and you were like, oh, he is the man of my dreams. (laughs) 
Oh, I love him so much. Oh my gosh, she is, a, she's a Proverbs 31 woman. I mean to tell you, she is just everything that God, and then all of a sudden you're like, who is this and where did they come from? Right, extremes. Or maybe, maybe, maybe it's with your kids. I got a little girl. I love her, right? Oh, mija, my bonita, oh, my love, I love you. So no, I'm not, I'm not Mexican, I'm a white girl, but I got a couple of words that I fake you out sometimes. Oh, mi amor, I love you so much, right? And she's so great, she's so creative, she's so wonderful. And then right around the corner, I'm like, whose child is this? Somebody come get your child. Somebody, something, the devil is a liar. My little sister, her name is Michelle, and she's got a couple of, she's got three kids, and her youngest is a little girl named Eden. And Eden looks like a cherub. She's, she's four. She's real pale complected and has just white blonde hair, and she looks like an angel when she walks in. And we adore Eden. But the other day, Michelle texted me, and she said in all caps, Eden needs Jesus. <laughs> Extremes, am I right? Or what about, what about in, your, in your health and fitness? Perhaps, maybe you're like me in your diet. I'm keto. I don't do carbs. I don't do, no, no bread, no sugar. No, I'm keto. I'm strictly keto. I'll have a burger with cheese and bacon, avocado and mayonnaise. Hold the bun. Mm -hmm. Because I'm keto. I don't eat carbs. I'm, I'm completely, 24 hours later, you're laid up in the bed with a pint of ice cream and a sleeve of Oreos. Extremes. I know there ain't nobody in the rush. I'm just talking about myself right now, right? Or how about in your relationship with Jesus? Well, how are you doing today, sister? Oh, blessed and highly favored of the Lord. If I got any better, I'd be in the third heaven with the Trinity itself. <laughs> 45 minutes later, you, a, a bill hit your account you weren't expecting. You're like, oh. <sighs> Did you even remember me, God? Extremes. Maybe I'm the only one. Am I the only? Probably me. It's probably just me. But certainly this was the testimony of David's life. This is the testimony of who this man is. Certainly David had his ups and his downs. He had prosperity and he'd had poverty. David had had a palace and David had a wilderness. David had worship and David had had war. David, David had had praise and David had pain. David had made good decisions, and David had made terrible, sinful decisions. David had victory, David had losses. <laughs> David, David had good days with his family, and he had some days where his family was literally killing each other. David could understand the extremes of life. Certainly he understands that. So, so we, we, if we're not careful, we can look at this passage and it, it looks like something nice that the super saints would say, right? Oh, into every life a little rain must fall. <laughs> Weeping endures for a night. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, every cloud has its silver. Cheer up, honey. The joy's coming in the morning. Like a little plaque we'd hang on our bathroom or a bookmark we'd stick in our Bible. But if you understand who this man is that wrote this text, if we take the text and put the text into context, you find out it's a lot more than a sweet statement and something you just put up on the bathroom, in the bathroom on a plaque. 
if you understand what's happening here, we're forced to see a deeper meaning. When you take a moment to understand where it originated and, and you find out it's not a greeting card, it's not a Hallmark movie, not even a Hallmark Christmas movie. <laughs> this is a song sung by a shepherd turned warrior turned king. It's a song sung by a shepherd turned warrior turned king. He's a man. He's a, he's a person, not a storybook character, not, some, not somebody that we just read about. He's a person with DNA and flesh and blood. He's a man. He has feelings like you. He has emotions like you. He has decision-making power like you. That's who this guy is. He's a man who had lost his best friend to senseless violence. He's a man who had been betrayed by his king, his mentor, and his father figure with King Saul. He's a man who had been anointed king, but had been hiding in the cave of Adullam for his life. He's anointed to be the king, and he's living in a cave. You may have had a bad day, baby, but you've never had an army coming out to fight you to kill you, hiding up in a cave. Anointed king, but living in a cave. He had marital issues. <laughs> This brother has some marital issues. He has some women issues. I ain't looking up. I'm going to keep my eyes down to the ground. But I just wonder, maybe. Don't keep your eyes forward. Don't look at your neighbor. Sometimes there's marital issues. He had some problems with his wife and the others. Whoa. He had some issues with his, in his marriage. He had some issues at the dinner table. There were some problems. He had some problems with his children. Y'all are trying to be like, I just want everybody to sit around the Thanksgiving table together. If we can't have Thanksgiving like we've always had Thanksgiving, it's just not Thanksgiving at all. And David, <laughs> David had kids killing each other. Like one son killed another son because of what the son did to the sister. He had marital issues. He had family problems. Listen, that should be some good news for some happy people. Because even if you got marital issues, and even if you got family drama, God can still say weeping may endure for a night, but joy's coming in the morning. <laughs> it's, it's, it's interesting. The actual translation of the verse in Hebrews, oh, listen to this, y'all. In Hebrews, it actually means weeping will spend the night. Weeping will spend the night. Weeping show up with a suitcase. Sometimes weeping will show up with a U-Haul. Weeping will, for the night. Weeping will spend the night. Have you ever spent a night with weeping? Has anybody ever? I'm the only one who's ever spent the night with weeping. I'm the only one who's ever made sorrow my bedfellow. I'm the only one that ever had depression crawl in my bed right next to me. I'm the only one. When there's no cool place on the pillow, but there's plenty of hot tears. Sleepless nights, weeping. When I was, um, lived in Denver, um, we had a, a, a tri-level with a basement. It was kind of a popular house floor plan there. You could have basements there. Um, <laughs> so we, it was a tri-level with a basement. And Julia, my daughter, she's almost 11. She'll be 11 on Christmas Eve. She's the gift that keeps on giving. But... Um, <laughs> She was three at the time, and we'd had some serious trauma in our family. 
and some things had just blown up, right? And it was definitely a season of night and a season of weeping. So I'm just going about my day at the house doing whatever, and I could hear her crying. Y'all know what it is when you hear your kid crying, right? I could hear her crying, but the house is kind of, it's tall, right? It doesn't go broad, it goes tall. So I'm going on this floor and I'm looking forward and I can hear, but I can't find her. And so then I go up to another level and I'm looking behind, because she's little, she's three. And I finally, I go up to the upstairs and she's in the bathroom and I pull back the shower curtain and there's my little three-year-old in her pink and purple Rapunzel jammies laying inside of a dry bathtub crying because of things that were happening in our family. And all I wanted to do, because she was too little to articulate why she was crying. She couldn't put all those emotions into feelings. There was just so much going on. It just was crying. And the safest place she could think of to be was in a bathtub with a shower curtain pulled. And all I wanted to do as a mom was be like, okay, baby, it's okay, it's okay, come on, come on, come on. You know the fix it? The let's move past this moment? Come on, come on, come on, let's go watch My Little Ponies. Let's, let's go, that's all I wanted to do. But in that moment, I got inside of that bathtub with her. And I pulled that little girl up on my lap and put her head right on my chest and just started rocking with her until she moved all the way through that moment. See, sometimes... We want God to, live, to deliver us from something, but oftentimes it's not a rescue, it's a go-through. We want him to rescue us, but sometimes it's a go-through. Sometimes your father will climb up into the bathtub with you, put you up on his lap, put your head on his breast, and rock you back and forth while you move through. The same man who wrote, weeping may endure for a night, is the same man who wrote, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I ain't got to fear no evil, because you're with me. Weeping may endure for a night. I'm walking through this valley. I'm crying crying in this bathtub, but this ain't the end of my story. We want to rescue. He's got to go through. Have you ever had a weeping moment? Have you ever cried yourself? Have you ever had sickness plunge you into a dark season? Have you ever had your dream ripped away by drama? Have you ever felt like you were useless and, and nobody cared about you and that you were in that bathtub figuratively crying and nobody was coming looking? I got good news for you. The great preacher Charles Haddon Spurgeon said, weeping may endure for a night, but night is not forever. Night is not forever. That should get somebody pretty happy in here. Weeping may endure for a night, but night is not forever. Night is not eternal. Night is not where you were supposed to get stuck. It's a go through. You don't make camp there. You don't build the house in midnight. You don't, it's a go through. See, see, you weren't supposed to get stuck at midnight. You weren't supposed to get stuck in the dark place. You weren't supposed to get stuck where they hurt you or where they left you or where they betrayed you or where they talked bad on you. You weren't supposed to get stuck at the miscarriage. You weren't supposed to get stuck at the foreclosure. You weren't supposed to get stuck it may not be a rescue. It's supposed to be a go-through. Weeping may endure for a night, but night is not supposed to be forever. 
Somebody should write that down. I had to write it with a lipstick liner on my bathroom mirror. Weeping may endure for a night, on all caps, but night is not forever. I mean, at any moment, I'm that kind of chick that if the glass is half empty, I think that the waiter's coming by at any moment to fill it up, right? At any moment, day is gonna break. At any moment, the sun's gonna creep through. At any moment, God's gonna turn that thing. I know that weeping may endure for a night, but night is not forever. And surely at any moment, day is gonna break. And David knows this. David knows this. David understands that no matter how far or how bleak or how helpless it seems, night's not forever. Your morning stops in the morning. Oh, oh, your morning stops in the morning. I want you to know it's like a type and shadow of Jesus. It's a type and shadow of our Savior weeping on the night of the betrayal, weeping on the night of the beating. Weeping in the darkness of the crucifixion, weeping at the darkness of the cross, but it did not last. And aren't you glad that joy burst forth in the morning of the resurrection? I want you to understand that joy is going to burst forth in your life in a resurrection. It's a promise that you have. It's the word of God. Weeping may endure for a night and night may have gone on longer than you ever wanted it to or ever thought it was going to. But at some point, just around the corner, just around the bend at any moment, Breakthrough, resurrection, and joy comes in the morning. Hallelujah. And I don't know about you. God's tricky sometimes. I think it was a setup. I think we've been set up. I think it was a setup. What do you mean a setup, Pastor Girl? I'll tell you what I mean about a setup. Perhaps God has been setting us up from the beginning. Genesis 1 Verse one, when I say setting us up since the beginning, I mean the be 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 beginning, beginning, right? Genesis one and verse one. <laughs> I love this verse. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness mm -hmm, was upon the face of the deep and not but, not or, not then, and Darkness was upon the face of the deep, and, it's so good, I almost can't preach it, and the Spirit of God was moving. Uh, y'all don't read your Bible, y'all ain't read your Bible, and in the beginning, I'm gonna read it one more time. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form, and it was void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and at the same time that the darkness was covering the face of the deep, the Spirit of God was moving. The Spirit of God was moving. The Spirit of God was moving. In the darkness, the Spirit of God was moving. Where there was no light, the Spirit of God was And the Spirit of God was moving. It was moving. It was moving. It was moving. It wasn't void of the presence of God. It wasn't void of the Spirit of God in the middle of the darkest, bleakest. When I tell you it was dark, you need to understand stars had not been created. This is Genesis 1-1. There was no star. There was no sun. Hydrogen had not yet kissed oxygen and created water. Spirit of God was moving. Darker than any moment you've ever had, the Spirit of God was moving. 
bleaker than any night you've ever faced, the Spirit of God was moving. In the middle of every single piece of darkness, before light was even brought to be, the Spirit of God was moving. And the Spirit of God was moving. Ha! How many of you are glad to know that you go to a church where the Spirit of God is moving? And the Spirit of God was moving. The Spirit of God was moving. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. But darkness was only for a moment. Because when your father said, let there be light, light has never ceased to be. <laughs> darkness was for a moment, but light was for a lifetime. The Spirit of God was moving, even in the extreme darkness. Woo. Let me encourage somebody today that even in the darkest night, even in the situation that you may be facing, even no matter what the circumstance is or the subscription is or the prognosis is or the bank account is, the Spirit of God is moving. Those of you who have been violated, the Spirit of God is moving. And those of us who have done the violation, the Spirit of God is moving. <laughs> those of us who've made great decisions, the Spirit of God is moving. And those of us in great and gross sin, the Spirit of God is moving. Because <laughs> if he can move in the darkest, blackest night, he can move in the depths of your sinful situation. The Spirit of God is moving. Those who have been victimized and those who did the damage, the Spirit of God. Those who have had their lives ripped apart and those of us who have done the ripping, the Spirit of God. Those who have made horrible, hellish, awful decisions and those who have had decisions made for us, the Spirit of God was moving. There is all kinds of darkness, but there is one Spirit of God that's moving. Hallelujah. And perhaps God was setting it up. I think maybe it was a setup. Look at your neighbor, because I like conversation, and say, you've been set up. Y'all too quiet for me this morning. Y'all good for whatever, but you, you've been set up. You've been set up. I know. God said, uh, did you hear me? God said, let there be light. Now, this is a word for somebody because we want to come down here and we want to feel the presence of God. And the Spirit of God most definitely moves in this church, but nothing happened. Not one thing happened the whole time the Spirit of God was moving. Not one thing happened. God was there. His Spirit was moving. But nothing changed until he spoke. I'm going to let you just think about that for a minute. Nothing happened. There was nothing happened. There was no light until God spoke it. Sometimes you have to open up your mouth and make some noise. Never had there been a word uttered in time. Never had there been a word spoken by the creator God. The spirit of God was there. The darkness was there. God himself was there. And nothing changed until he spoke it. Sometimes you got to make some noise. Sometimes it's not enough for your pastor to make some noise or your worship team to make some noise or the prayer teams to make some noise. Sometimes you got to open up your own creative mouth and make some noise. Sometimes you got to encourage yourself in the Lord. Oh, how terrible would that be that we would have to know our Bible? Sometimes you got to encourage yourself in the Lord. Somebody used to say, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. 
get up in the morning, no weapon formed against me will prosper. And every tongue that rises against me, I'll condemn it. You got to encourage yourself in the Lord. We got plenty of negative coming out. But sometimes you create your, you, don't you know that you're made in the image and the likeness of God? Don't you know you look just like your daddy? Don't you know you look just like your daddy? You got tendencies like your daddy and your daddy makes things with his mouth and you just like him. So when you're talking bad about your kids, don't be surprised when you reap that from your kids. And when you're talking that way about your pastor, don't, oh, I'm going to move off of that way. When you're talking that way about your neighbor, you're just like your daddy. You got power in your mouth. Life and death rests right here on your face. You look just like him. You need to start talking just like him. Encouraging yourself in the Lord. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. How about this one? I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise will continuously be where? In my mouth. Not on my Facebook page, not on a cool meme, not on Twitter, not in my notebook. His praise will continuously. That means all the time. That means every moment. His praise. His praise will be all up in my mouth. I'm five foot one and a half and the half counts. That's where I wear shoes like this. But you don't want to mess with me when I start encouraging myself in the Lord. I'm going to tell you something not in my notes. We think that David showed up to kill Goliath. Right? Goliath was fighting. This ain't even in my notes, but I just want to tell you. I'll preach about it sometime. We think David showed up, that God sent David to kill Goliath. I think God sent Goliath to reveal David. Because sometimes you got to kill something to get a king's attention. Oh, I don't know. It's just such a big thing. That problem didn't come to kill you. It came to reveal you. How about this one? I will. I talked about that one, right? I will enter his gates with thanksgiving. Wait a minute. We say, I will enter his gates. I'm going to show my age right here. With thanksgiving in my heart. Right? Y'all remember that? I will enter. And if you were real holy, your hands went up a little bit more, right? The half mass, the full mass, right? His courts with praise. Ding, ding. Right? The whole thing. Tambourine. I will say this is the day. With the overhead. Y'all, I I knew. I knew. I've been in church. I cut my teeth on church pews, y'all. I know. I know about overheads and projectors and transparencies and all the things, right? (laughs) What a mighty God. Okay, 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 okay. I ain't going. I ain't going. Take me there. Good thing Steve's not on the piano. We ain't going there. Pastor Steve, sorry. this one. We say things like, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving. It's in the scripture, but I want you to look at it a little bit differently when you're encouraging yourself. It says, I will. I choose by my will to enter his gates with thanksgiving. 
Yeah, I will. I make a decision, a conscious effort to enter into his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. Yeah, yeah. And I will. I am willing myself to enter into his courts with praise. I didn't wait for the music to hit just right. I didn't wait for the chords to go just right. I didn't wait for that drummer who gets me in trouble all the time to hit just right. I am not waiting. I am willing myself to go there. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. I will. Do you understand what I'm saying? I will it. I am willing it to be in my life. I will say this is the day that the Lord has made. When the hurricanes come, I will myself to say, this is the day the Lord has made. When you get the bank statement, I will myself to say, this is the day the Lord has made. I will, I choose, I make a conscious effort to rejoice because ha, it's the kicker. He has made me glad. You don't want none of this. You don't want none of me this morning. I didn't say my husband made me glad. I didn't say my kids made me glad. I didn't say my paycheck made me glad. I didn't say my situation or my circumstance. I didn't say my flooded house made me glad. I didn't say my FEMA trailer made me glad. I said I'm gonna do it because he. He made me glad. I'll calm down because y'all look scared. They scared, Pastor said. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Encourage yourself in the Lord. I'm the head and not the tail. Christ in me. Look at an empty seat next to you and tell yourself this. Christ in me is the hope of glory. Not Christ in my pastor. Not Christ in the staff. Christ in me is the hope of glory. That's how you encourage yourself in the Lord. Christ in me is the hope of this empty seat next to me. That's my responsibility. Oh, that's a whole nother message for another day. Y'all ain't ready. <laughs> this one, this scripture, I'm going to try and hit it and get off of it real quick because this one will mess with me for a long time. I can preach this one 10 ways from Sunday. How about this one? When you're encouraging yourself in the Lord. <laughs> I really like this one. I want to keep it in my secret stash and maybe I won't tell you, but I love it. <laughs> the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead now lives and breathes and moves in my mortal body. That's how you wake up in the morning. Arthritis in your knees, your back hurt, you got a stomach ache, you got a headache, you're dealing with cancer. The same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. It lives and breathes and moves in my mortal body. How do I know that? Because it's no longer I that liveth, but Christ that lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live because of him. Ooh, it'd be scary if you knew your Bible said. You'd be scary. You'd be scary. It's time to open up your mouth and make some noise. You've been quiet long enough. You've been quiet long enough. You let all the Facebook rangers say whatever they want to say. Shut up. I am the pastor of my page. I have the option to block and delete you. I don't have to have an argument. Goodbye. I can love you in real life and block you from my page. 
people real, real, real brave behind their computer screen. And it's time to stop letting that make so much noise and open up your own mouth and start making some noise because sometimes silence is not an option. Sometimes you've got to open up your mouth and make some noise. You've been quiet long enough. You've been shut down long enough. You've been wanting and waiting for someone else to do it for you long enough. I remember Pastor Parsley used to say, you'll think this is funny. Pastor Parsley used to say, bunch of, like a bunch of little bunny foo-foos hopping through the forest, scooping up the weak ones, pop them on the head. You had enough, what does he say? You had enough anointing oil put on you, you look like a grease pig at a county fair. Still ain't got no power. Cause you ain't opened up your mouth. Sometimes you got to make some noise. Our pastor, our pastor taught us, he's so distinguished and I'm so rowdy, I'm so sorry. Like, whatever. Y'all will love me eventually, I promise. <laughs> Your pastor, our pastor, our pastor, our wonderful pastor, Pastor Feldshaw, taught us. By the way, I'm gonna take a pause because I got the time. I'm gonna take a pause. I'm gonna tell you something. I've been at some really big churches. Who cares, right? That's just the doors God's opened for me. I have never in my life served at a church under a man and woman with such character and integrity in my life. And I don't gotta name names of the places that I've been, but I've been some places that would make you go like, ooh, wow, ooh, wow. No, you know what's ooh, wow? When your whole marriage can hold together, you actually still like each other. That's worth, oh, wow. When your kids actually come to church and they're grown, that's a, oh, wow. When your congregation is, is healthy, that's a, oh, wow. When the staff isn't trying to kill each other behind closed doors, that's, a, that's what you got right here. Listen, 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 listen on the internet. I want you to listen. I don't care where you're watching from. This place right here has a man and woman of God of integrity and character. And if you don't got any place to go, you need to show up at Cathedral Church in Beaumont, Texas, baby. That was not a paid announcement, by the way. <laughs> I really for real mean that. I really for real mean that. You, I don't think you even understand. Sometimes when you get whisked into a weird world of weird, you really appreciate balance, stability, integrity, and character. I had the opportunity a few weeks ago, and thank you for letting me be gone. I had the opportunity to do some ministry in some different places, some of you know, and then this really weird thing happened. I got invited to go and do a reality show with, um, yeah, isn't that weird? A, a reality show with five preachers. There are five preachers, and it's for um, uh, T.D. Jakes Enterprises, his network, The Village, right? Bishop's Village. And so that's gonna air in March, and we'll all be having a good time, right? Well, y'all gotta cheer on the white girls, okay. So, um, so, so I got selected out of however many people, and I've, we filmed the show. And when I got back, Pastor was teasing with me. He's like, oh, I know what you're gonna do. I'm with the bishop now. Feldshaw who? And we're joking, it's a joke, right? And I, thought, I looked at him, I said, oh, you have no idea. I don't even think God could open a door like that if I wasn't tethered to a place like this. This, this, this is the real deal, this is gold. Uh, you, you just need to put your seatbelt on, put your mailbox out front. This is where I go, this is where my family goes, this is where my children, my children's children, my children's children, children go. Because this ain't place ain't going nowhere. Yeah. Right? Anyway, all that's free and I'll probably get in trouble for it and that's okay. I'll take it. I'll take the L. I'm completely off my notes, but that's okay. I do want to, uh, here's where I am. Our pastor, he taught us a few weeks back that 
And it's the Hebraic year, 5780. Y'all remember that, 5780? He went from 5779 to 5780. And he was talking to us about the Hebraic year being the year of the mouth. Mouth's powerful year. And he did two weeks, I think, on that particular subject. And I've just been churning it and watching it and listening to it and doing a little bit more study on it. I was like, man, the year of the mouth. Somebody in here needs to understand that if you're ever gonna have a declaration year, it's now. If you're ever gonna open up your mouth and make some noise, it's now. This is the year for you to open up your mouth and make some noise. This is the year for you to shout hallelujah even when you haven't seen it happen. This is the year to say, thank you, Jesus. This is the year to say, glory to God. This is the year to say, no matter what hell throws my way, I will speak of the wonderful things that God has done. Even if I woke up this morning, that's where the hallelujah and the hallelujah. This is the year. If he's been faithful, we need to learn to make some noise. If he's, if he's been good to you, we've got to give him praise. All we do is point at the negative instead of exalting the creator who's done all the things for us. It's just, it's just one of those things. You gotta make some noise because joy comes in the morning because Jesus is our light and because Jesus is our morning. He's here. You don't have to wait for morning. He is the morning. He is the morning. Weeping endures for a night. Joy comes when Jesus shows up and he's here. I want to declare, declare to somebody that your night is over, that your season of darkness is past, that Jesus has stepped onto the scene and light has come into dark places. Weeping endures for a night. Joy comes in the morning. <laughs> this week, and I'm closing, I want to challenge you to make some noise. I want to challenge you to look for opportunities to declare the goodness of God. I want you to look for a reason to say, oh, I got a good parking place. Thank you, Jesus. I was like, oh, I got a Black Friday deal. Hallelujah. Did it online. Didn't even have to get out in the car. Woo, thank you, Jesus. Everything is worth a hallelujah. You can start to train your mouth. My daughter says I've got church Tourette's. Because I'll just be walking like, whoo, thank you, Jesus. Julie, will you go get the, I mean, thank you, Jesus. Look, in my life, if you knew my story, if you knew my backstory, if you knew the darkness that has been in my life, you would understand why I can stand up here, five foot two, black, white girl, sorry, white girl in a black dress. That was a slip. Chubby. Listen, if I got much shorter, I'd look like SpongeBob SquarePants. And I don't even care that when I shake my leg, that I want you to understand it's the goodness of God. It's the goodness of God. It is only God in a dark place that could pull someone out and let you be in your all the way right mind. It's worth declaring his glory in a season of Thanksgiving. It's worth declaring his glory. No matter where you are today, if you're in a very dark place, I want you to know that night is not forever, and I am a witness. I want you to know <laughs> that night is not forever, and if you will begin to make some noise and start to be more like your father, because the Spirit of God is moving in your situation. The Bible says, if I make my bed in hell, you're there. That's what the psalmist said. 
I don't care how dark it is. I don't care how lost you are. I don't care how away from God you are. The Spirit of God is moving. And all you have to do is open up your mouth and make some noise. I don't care how dark it is. Declare the word of the Lord over your life and your situation. And maybe for some of you who are in a pleasant, more mountain-type season of their life. Because you know life's like a heartbeat, right? It's up, then it's down, then it's up, then it's down. That's how you know you're alive. Your heart's beating, right? <laughs> you got those rises and falls. And if you're in a pleasant, more mountain-time season, you too begin to open up your mouth and make some noise about the goodness of God and his faithfulness. Pastor taught us, it's the Hebraic word, year, 5780, the year of the mouth. So my question to you, it's not some big movement, it's not some big laying hands on thing, because sometimes we have, see, I see you move, you move the mountain, and I believe I'll see you do it again. I love the song, I love the worship, and I love the sentiment, but according to God's word, the mountain doesn't move until you speak to it. You gotta open up your mouth and make some noise. Oh, what, about, what about the one that we see? that song. I love it. It says, um, we need a move. We need a move. You know, right? Right. We need a move. Well, the last time I checked my Bible, see, I think that miracles happen when you move. I think it means us. I don't think it means him because the spirit of God is moving. Spirit of God is moving. Spirit of God is moving. Miracles happen when you move. Yeah. How about the woman of the issue of blood? She had to move. How about when Jairus' daughter died? They sent someone, they moved. How about if you want to see God do something in your life, you got to open up your mouth, make some noise, and make a move. I'm going to wait here. I'm going to wait for God. I'm going to wait. No, you got to move, y'all. We believe God is going to do a miracle, wonderful, incredible thing in our midst. We have to open our mouth. We have to pick up one foot, put it down in front of the next, and say, I'm part of this. <laughs> What will we do to verbalize, to testify, to speak truth, to announce his presence and his purpose? Are we going to be silent or are we going to open up our mouth in the manifestation of mouth's most powerful year? It's time. It's time to make some noise. Would you stand to your feet with me this morning? And I'm going to pray. Father, in the matchless, beautiful, holy name of Jesus. We thank you, God. We thank you, Father God, that your word is so powerful and so real and so relevant, so alive and so moving in our place, in our midst. God, we thank you that, that you created everything with your mouth when you spoke. So Father, I pray that it would be in, ingrained upon our hearts that it's time for us to open up our mouth and make some noise. And this morning, I just wanna speak over some people to our whole congregation. I want you to be released in the name of Jesus from being quiet. I want to release you in the name of Jesus from sitting back and holding still. I want to release you from the words that have maybe been spoken over you that you have nothing to say, nothing to bring, and nothing to give. I release you, I break the power of those words now under the anointing and the authority of the name
name of Jesus. And I thank you, God, that you begin to fill our mouth with your word, with your declaration, with your, with your spirit. God, I thank you that as your spirit woo, is moving, God, we begin to make some noise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We bless your holy name. I thank you, Father. Thank you for listening to the Cathedral Church Podcast. For more information about our church, visit icathedral.org.